Ready for Christmas, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh! Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. Absorbent and yellow and porous as he. SpongeBob SquarePants. If nautical nonsense be something you wish, SpongeBob SquarePants. Then drop on the deck and float like a fish. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. This is SpongeBob Christmas special. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Merry Christmas, everybody. Here we are at SpongeBob's very first Christmas episode, Christmas Who. It is the 28th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. It is the first double episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it is important because it is also the debut of the characters Patchy the Pirate and Potty the Parrot, uh, two characters who would become synonymous with uh, your bigger SpongeBob episodes, your specials. Uh, they're the first live action characters that Spongebob has under its belt, and they are beloved in the Spongebob Squarepants world. Um, as far as fans go, uh, the, the joke is also that Patchy is the uh, president of the SpongeBob SquarePants fan club. He is SpongeBob's number one fan, and he's always trying to meet SpongeBob. Uh, and, and SpongeBob has no idea that he even exists, uh, which is why that moment at the end of SpongeBob's uh, big birthday blowout was just so special to finally have the two interact with one another. Uh, I absolutely adore Patchy the Pirate as a character, uh, and I'm sure most SpongeBob fans do. Um, so, also, this episode has no This Week in Nickelodeon history. Uh, if you're listening to this episode and you enjoy those segments, they are now separate uh, releases on both the feed of the audio of this podcast, the I'm Ready a SpongeBob SquarePants audio feed. So if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, there'll be two releases every week, a This Week in Nickelodeon episode and an episode of I'm Ready a SpongePod SquareCast. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, then it's it's on the same channel, if you will. You can go and search that. Uh, but so this is all strictly SpongeBob. We will still keep continuing doing our uh, snail mail segment as part of SpongeBob, but we'll keep if you if you have any Nickelodeon centric questions to send to snail mail at euphonics.com, U-F-O-N-Y-X. Um, those will be read on the This Week in Nickelodeon episodes. If you have anything SpongeBob specific, they'll be read on I'm Ready a SpongePod Squarecast. So still one central email for all of your emailing needs. Uh, so this is SpongeBob's very first Christmas special and a long line of other Christmas specials and Christmas-related episodes. Uh, and this is a big deal. This is apparently the first time that Christmas is introduced to those in Bikini Bottom, even though in a few episodes before this, uh, Christmas is either directly or indirectly mentioned. We have episodes in season one, like in Jellyfishing, where Patrick says Merry Christmas to Squidward. Uh, in Sandy's Rocket, SpongeBob wears a Santa hat to bed. Your Shoes Untied features uh, a line in the song, loop-de-loop, about having a Christmas bow. Um, so in terms of continuity, if you're really trying to put together the timeline of events, this episode would probably happen before those, uh, because this is, this is the first introduction of this holiday, uh, which it just apparently isn't celebrated below the water. Uh, Sandy introduces 
SpongeBob to the concept of Christmas and to decorating and and that it's about you know gift giving. It's about the season of giving. Um, but but teaches him the idea of Santa Claus and that if you send Santa a letter of something you want, he will bring it to you on Christmas morning. Um, as so, before we get into this episode, the whole reason that Patchy and Potty are a part of this is that for these kind of bigger bigger deal episodes of SpongeBob, they're kind of the hosts to the entire ordeal. Um, they're kind of telling you the story of what's going on. And in some cases they're not. And, and the events of what's going on with Patchy are kind of simultaneously happening to the events of SpongeBob, uh, as we will see in future episodes, like, like in SpongeBob's house party episode, Patchy is also throwing a house party together. Uh, so in this episode, uh, Patchy is celebrating Christmas in his hometown of Encino, California. He, uh, he introduces us to the story of SpongeBob's very first Christmas here. SpongeBob, Bob learns about Santa Claus and and the whole ordeal of Christmas through Sandy, and we see this nice uh, one of my favorite SpongeBob songs. It, it, uh, very first Christmas here, we see that the entire town of Bikini Bottom just comes enthralled with this holiday. They absolutely fall in love with it, and of course, the one character in town who seemingly doesn't care about Christmas at all is Squidward, which is just classic Squidward. It's part of the course. By the end, though, when Santa Claus doesn't show up to Bikini Bottom and it kind of upsets all of the residents and, and mostly SpongeBob, who was the most optimistic and was kind of the flag bearer of Christmas through the town, is left completely upset. Squidward is left completely happy by SpongeBob's um, um, sadness over this, but then decides to begrudgingly dress up as Santa to kind of give SpongeBob some hope and ends up giving away his entire home to the residents of of Bikini Bottom uh, as Santa Claus, just just giving away his stuff as gifts, which we've seen before in the episode The Paper that Squidward, as much as he likes his stuff, seemingly doesn't care about it enough to hold on to it because he's willing to give it away. He's willing to trade it away for a piece of paper. Um, uh, eventually, the real Santa Claus shows up over the over Bikini Bottom. Um, he is a live-action Santa Claus, not an animated one, as we would see in later Christmas specials. Um, and and Squidward is just kind of uh, at a at a complete loss at seeing this sight. No one else notices this moment. Uh, it's just kind of Squidward and and Santa Claus. Uh, it's one of my favorite Christmas specials of all time. It's one that I love watching every single year during the Christmas season. It still holds up all of these years later. Uh, and is one that I would definitely say, if it's not already in your Christmas rotation of content, I would add it in there. It's it's a, it's short compared to a lot of others. It doesn't take up much time. And it's an absolutely wonderful episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Now, I went over the synopsis here earlier on in the episode, simply because uh, when we come back from break and I am joined uh, by a few of those who work on the SpongeBob SquarePants movie rehydrated project, um, there, there's a little chance to kind of just slowly go over the synopsis as I would usually do. Um, but we have a wonderful conversation about the points in the show that we really like, Christmas experiences, and of course the, the conversation can kind of go down 
down any avenue it decides to take. I, I try to reel it in as much as I can uh, back to Christmas Who. Um, but I, I absolutely... The beautiful thing about this episode, though, is seeing the enthusiasm of the residents of Bikini Bottom towards Christmas. During the song, my favorite moment of this entire episode is when and was is when you have everybody together under the tree seeing it lit up. Uh Patrick, you know, sits atop as the star. And and I love seeing that this community just kind of took this foreign holiday and just decided, like, hey, we're all gonna do it. It's it's wonderful to see. It's a beautiful moment. Um, I, I love seeing that shot of all the all the bikini bottom citizens of the glow of the light um, uh, shining on their faces as they're singing up to it. it. It's a beautiful moment. Seeing SpongeBob's enthusiasm for Christmas is also infectious. He he exudes the Christmas spirit of of really giving and gives everybody uh, uh, this wonderful holiday to fall in love with. Uh, of course, everybody is bummed out when Santa Claus doesn't show up, um, but it's nice seeing Squidward there by the end too. just have a, a moment where he does something nice, especially for SpongeBob. Uh, it's one of the nicest things we've seen him do because not only does he help out SpongeBob, he helps everybody with their Christmas morning, uh, giving away his house there. So um, it, it's a standout episode. It's one of those that really, it's special in its own way. I don't know if it's because it's a Christmas special or because it's our first double length uh, episode, uh, but it's one that is is constantly remembered. It's it's if you think about like television Christmas specials, this has to sit up at the top here. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to be joined uh, by a few from the project there, uh, including SpongeBob and Patrick himself, the voice actor, Double Time 32, who is a, is a part of the project. Um, we're going to talk all things Christmas, all things Christmas Who, and we're just going to have a nice conversation about SpongeBob. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to have more talk about Christmas Who. I can't believe anybody would celebrate a holiday where a jolly prowler breaks into your house and leaves gifts. Like a genie. Pipe down, Squidward. I'm trying to concentrate. This thing is as good as a blank check, direct from the First National Bank of Santa Claus. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. This Christmas feels like the very first Christmas. The first Christmas is this Christmas because it feels like the first Christmas to me. <laughs> uh, so Christmas Who is, is a big very big monumental episode of SpongeBob SquarePants because not only is it its first 
Christmas special of many more to come over the next two decades. Uh, it, it's the debut of Patchy the Pirate, who would become an uh, integral part of SpongeBob SquarePants, especially around these special episodes. Uh, I don't know where each of you uh, would would rank Christmas Who as in your television Christmas special, like top three, top ten. But uh, I, I for me, it's it's literally up there in my top three. I can't think of many others that would surpass it. Uh, but I am I am so glad to be talking about this episode today and joined with three very special guests as we try to get into the Christmas spirit uh, on April Fool's Day. Uh, so. With me today is, of course, uh, we have had, I'm going to go in order of appearance on the show. We have the Gons fam, who is Squidward on the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated. We have SpongeBob and Patrick, and, and I think a few splattering of other characters, of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated. And we are uh, double time, and we are joined by another guest here. Uh, who I know as Spooky of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated Project. Uh, Spooky, tell tell everybody what you do for that project first and foremost. Well, I'd just like to say for the record, um, just to just to like kind of get yeah. um, a little like I don't want to get personal, but eventually uh, I was the voice of Mr. Krabs in the project, but due to a little mishap, uh, I was replaced. But it's like it's I totally understand why they did it. So, but. Um, now I'm just doing the voice of Squire. Hey, we have the Squire here. Mm -hmm. Um, but still, we're all, we're all here. We're all, um, we're all big SpongeBob fans. So like going back to that, this is SpongeBob's first big Christmas special. Um, is it your favorite of all time as far as like not talking Rudolph and Frosty, but for Christmas specials of cartoons or other TV shows, where, where does this land for each of you guys? Pretty dang close. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say this trying to sound as least biased as possible, including Charlie Brown, Rudolph, Frosty. This SpongeBob one is my number one. This is your absolute favorite. So this is like a yearly tradition for you to put on. Oh, undoubtedly. I, and not one Christmas goes by that I let my parents forget about it. And good thing they don't let me forget either. Uh, do, do your no, parents... Um... Oh. oh, go ahead. Go ahead no, Sorry. you go spooky. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think it's like you know when you know how almost for every for every holiday, um, the uh, on TV they always play like for example, um, there's a whole bunch of Christmas episodes that they have for every single shows, and I think it's just so touching how um, Nick decides, oh, it's Christmas, let's put on the SpongeBob episode, and you know it never and to say that it never gets boring to watch the episode, you know, because it's putting us back in the Christmas mood. So I would have to say, you know, Christmas Who was definitely one of my favorites. Definitely. Yeah, the 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 story begins for the first time ever. As I mentioned before, it was the debut of, of Patchy the Pirate. Uh, this, the entire episode begins for the first time, really, outside of Bikini Bottom and in Encino, California, where Patchy resides. Uh, and the narrator tells us from the get-go that this is the president of the SpongeBob SquarePants fan club. He is SpongeBob's number one fan, and honestly, for the amount he's willing to go to meet SpongeBob, I am not going to uh, dispute him on that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good old yeah. Patchy. Good old Patchy the Pirate. Uh, I mean, <laughs> to, to give him credit here, what do you, what do you, what do you guys think of Patchy the Pirate? I mean, is this is this a a favorite character of SpongeBob? Is it someone you like, you dislike? Okay, well, uh, first of all, I just now learned that he was debuted in Christmas Who, so that was a new fact. I just learned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But you see, <laughs> see that, that's, you know, that's yeah. the, that's a crazy thing. They put so many, they, they put so many like little small Easter eggs in the show that we didn't even yeah. realize till we're older. I'm like, oh yeah. my goodness. So you know, kind of like Tom Kenny has the hot sauce. Exactly. And and he's also the guy in the shower from. Uh, in the shower. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. When he gets to open the cloud, <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> but yeah. it's so it's so touching, like how they debut. Uh, like you know, it's like they're saying they're debuting. Uh, you know, um, Patchy the Pirate. When it's really it's Tom Kenny. But you know, like we don't know that. I guess in the terms of the episode, like, oh, it's not Tom Kenny. It's just Patchy the Pirate. Yeah, I, I wonder how many people growing up um, who are who maybe don't watch SpongeBob anymore have ever realized that that is the voice of SpongeBob. I feel like that probably that's probably going to be a confusing point for a lot of people who don't know yeah. because the voices are so distinct. He's that good. Yeah, no, it's so distinct and very hard to replicate. Like, it's yeah. just in a way very unique. Well, double. You would. I mean, you've been practicing your SpongeBob voice oh, yeah. for so long now, and and for him, it's something that came so naturally. But for you, you're, you've put in so much effort on that. And we're actually going to come in two years of trying to of first doing the voice. April twenty fifth is when I first started, and it's coming close. Yeah. So two years into uh-huh. it, do you? I mean, you're obviously closer than when you started, but yeah. um, are you able to look back on that two years and and see the the growth from where you started to now? Yes, yes, I do. And when I look back, I cringe, but then I also feel proud of myself for improving. <laughs> <laughs> we all re- we can all relate to that. We can all relate. Yeah. Oh yeah, things take time. Yeah, a voice. I mean, it's it's been brought up in in other podcasts when it comes to voice actors. But um, when you look at like a character like Homer Simpson, if you go back to those original episodes, he sounds even the shorts. He sounds completely different into into the voice that just naturally came later on. Yeah. Basically even their own voice actors like to develop in their own voices and change during like the, during like the future seasons. It especially happens. I would say when you, when you find new voice actors, like how the voices develop over the years and decades of different voice actors. Like for example, I don't know if I'm going too off topic here. I hope I'm, uh, no, Mel Blank is one of them. Mel Blank is an example. Mel Blanc, of course, or or the character of Mickey Mouse, like the what the the general idea of his character and his voice is the same throughout his entire history, except the fact that there are some slight nuances that take that take shape over different people. I think that's part of the thing I worry about when I wonder one day if Tom Kenny, God forbid, ever retires. Speaking of that, there there was an interview where Tom Kenny said that he will never retired from doing the right, voice yeah. unless when mm-hmm. he's like physically like incapable of doing it you know well thank goodness i mean i <laughs> yeah. got i got to imagine cuz uh, you know even if he does become crippled he could still lay in bed and do spongebob's voice all day that's yeah. basically yeah <laughs> you know recently um you know that he did a video with bill fogerbucky where like there uh, he there was a uh, people were googling them and questions would pop up and, that was the know, video I'm oh, talking yeah, about. That one. Yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot. Yeah, so um, you know, um, you know, Tom Kenny says he's always doing SpongeBob's work, and he says um, he's never gonna like a double said he's never gonna stop doing the voice. And you know, as Gon said, oh, you know, we don't want we don't want to lose Tom Kenny as SpongeBob. Yeah, and, but you know, yeah, yeah, inevitably there is gonna be that one day where he's gonna be gone. It's not gonna be the same. 
No, it really won't be. Even if you get someone to sound identical in performance and delivery and everything, it's just not the same. It's just, yeah, it doesn't have that Tom Kenny, I guess, aspect sparkle to it. There's you know, very okay. few cartoons that, uh, that have had multiple voices that another actor has been able to capture some of the essence just as well. Exactly. I, exactly it's it's right. so rare that even right now, as I'm trying to think of a good example, I can't think of a good example, but I, I know I've thought it before. I could give a good example. Um, Bugs Bunny, whenever Mel Blanc, I guess, was gone, they needed someone to Replace try their him. best mm-hmm. to replicate Mel Blanc. And I guess Jeff Bergman did it really Bergman. good in like the early 90s. Like, he was yeah. so good at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, and Mel Blanc, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen him live, just kind of cut from voice to voice. What an absolute masterclass in voice I acting. I know, it's so oh, crazy. It's like thing that he is, he's Seamless. every single Looney Tunes you know and love. Yeah, all in one package, all of which have a distinct voice that, you know, when you're I watching those cartoons, you can't, you don't sit there and think, oh, yeah, that's the same guy. Uh, some of them sound the same, actually. Yeah. A lot of them sound very similar, yeah. you know. Like, for example, Henry Hawk and Tweety. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> Just yes. different cadences with it. Observation. Cadences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even some of the you characters, um, kind of when they're yelling, it's when it starts coming out, his actual voice. like Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what yeah. I can find funny sometimes. It's just you hear their actual voice. You know, another example could be, uh, as Gal was talking about earlier, Mickey Mouse. You know, um, you know, before and like the, when first, Mickey Mouse first debuted, you know, he, his voice seemed really like high pitched, very uh, falsetto related. And then when it started getting towards uh, the revolution of, you know, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, um, the original voice actor that started that voice, which was Wayne, which I, forget, I don't remember how to pronounce his last name. His name was Wayne. Allwine. Allwine. And, um, you know, he did, a, like I said, he did a, a marvelous job voicing that Mickey Mouse back in the day. And, you know, when he passed away, unfortunately, you know, a Brett Ewan, which is the voice of Mickey Mouse now, um, I was really, uh, at first, I couldn't really tell the difference because he did the voice almost too perfectly compared uh, as to Wayne Eileen did. And, you know, sometimes it just shows, like, you know, it's hard, you know, when, you, when it comes to voice actors, it's really hard to, you know, um, replicate a voice like that. But, you know, some are easier, some are harder. But, you know, like, if you got the job, you know, to take over, and you know you did a really good job in, you know, perfecting the talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a cartoon, guessing, a cartoon character's voice is just so, so special in every way. Yeah. I'm guessing almost the same way for Donald Duck, you know, like the first ever voice actor, Clarence Nash, Clarence Nash had to like, mm-hmm. it was like, I think back then it was like really super difficult to replicate, but I guess once in the future people started learning it and now we have Tony Anselmo and now we have all these crazy impressionists doing it. Like, it, like, I think it's just once people start getting a feel for a voice, I guess they just know how to do it, you know? It's like becoming a trend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think the funny thing about Tony... Uh, no, 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 Clarence Nash is, like, I... It was weird that how much of a trend he said doing that specific type of voice. Had... I, in case I'm mistaken, that might have been the first time anyone did that sort of effect with their mouth like, for an actual voice. Like, I, did he invent that? <laughs> I, I It could be, but I know some of the crazy stuff actors are would do to their voice to get certain effects. Oh. I mean, I would yeah. go and listen to Billy West talk about trying to replicate Popeye's voice and like, oh, that exactly. it's, just, yes. it's just a buzzsaw in the throat. I was just thinking about Popeye, that there was a woman who voiced Popeye for a few years there in the original shorts. Really? Yeah. I had no idea about yeah. that. 
I looked it up and it was like it sounded almost like um, the male actors who had played Popeye at the time. Uh, if only I could Google it, but I don't want to like go off topic or anything. But it was I just couldn't believe like I thought it was like using some sort of vocal filter or some sort of thing they had at the time. But no, it just she had talent and. Sometimes well, yeah. you, never, you never know where you're going to find And I'm also going to give another example of a very unique voice, like, you know, Tom Kenny Spongebob, that's very hard to, I guess, replicate, is John DiMaggio's Bender voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, yeah. Speaking of Futurama, though, the, the one thing with Billy West, uh, the smart thing was that so many of his characters, he just kind of emulates emulates his own voice like Fry and Doug, simply because it's harder to re- uh, to get a replacement for those cartoon characters because they just sound so much like his natural voice. He was smart. He's smart that way. He, like, he knows... I, 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 I suppose he knows that if you're... I mean, not just that it's easier to use your own voice, because, but also that, like, if you put your own stamp on it, like, then who else are they going to find, at least for a long time? So I think that was both conservatively speaking pretty smart on his end well yeah and I, he speaking of mel mel blank this whole time he's probably the closest we have to a mel blank that i can think of uh I doing know. both ren and stimpy doing the amount of characters he Whoa. did on futurama with conversations with one another like that's and he goes from back from voice to voice each you know instead of just recording one at a time yeah speaking of mel blank there was Mel Blanc did, you know, like Bugs Bunny doing an impression of Daffy, Daffy doing an impression of Bugs. Like, oh, yeah. That's yeah, impressive. And I think, That's and I think really he's yeah. the only one from my research that has be, that has managed to pull that off. I think the Simpsons tried that, but it wasn't as, I guess, effective as how Mel Blanc could do it. No, that I mean, that's such a nuanced, incredible skill to have. It's like, you know, when you think about it, like, I always thought when I was little, like, is this really coming out of our vocal cords? Like, this sound? And, like, to be able to replicate a sound using our vocal cords, like, whether it's an impression of a character or a celebrity in general, like, it's just like, how do people, it's just, I never understood how people actually get that talent. Like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to impersonate this person or this cartoon because I like the way it sounds. And then eventually they practice enough, they actually sound like the character and they're like, oh my god, you know? To a point where it actually, you know, like, hey, why do you sound like this person? Or why do you sound like this person? It's just so, like, traumatizing to, like, see how powerful our vocal cords can be. When it's, you know... <laughs> I just mm-hmm. think it's natural as a kid to to try to replicate the things you see on television with your friends oh, or the yeah. things you hear. I remember doing that. <laughs> oh, oh I do that all I'm the time as a kid. But... Go ahead, Spooky. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, you know, it's just crazy. Like, you know, like, I just can't get over it because, you know, like, I was I was the same. Every time I watched the sound or cartoon, I'd always try to do the same voice. Like, I, 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 I grew up watching Mickey Mouse and Elmo and Barney. So it was always uh, a temptation to kind of try to mimic the voices, which is just, like, pretty silly of me because my parents think I'm completely crazy. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> that comes oh, with the territory, yeah. I suppose. Oh, uh, yeah, during my first phases of trying to do voice impressions, my parents thought I was crazy, but now they're... <laughs> but now that they're used to it, they're very supportive. <laughs> well, what's what's crazy is, is when, you know, usually when you're into something that your home environment thinks is weird, you end up kind of falling into even a bigger group of people than your home environment that are all yeah. into the same thing, which is the internet, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't thank my life enough for the internet. Yeah. I remember, 
I remember meeting Gons because one person decided to make a group chat of voice impressionists. And then I remember meeting Spooky in a Discord server. And here we all are together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you guys did a, you guys actually did a voiceover of the entire episode of Christmas Who, right? As a, as a live thing. Oh, yeah. Was, was yes. that during December time? Yeah. It I was. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, how is that going, going through that episode? Did you guys do it live for everybody or did you pre record it? Um, the song was the only thing pre-recorded. The rest was live. I believe I, I actually stood, stood in for Patchy and I gave such, I believe, a horrendous performance that we had pre-recorded lines of Patchy from my Aww. end. Yeah, that they used. You did good. You did good, dude. You did good. Thank yeah, you. I, I guess I just get nervous. But yeah, I think we also pre-recorded the Patchy lines. I, I, I think every, like, voice, like, table read, I get so nervous because, well, I guess it's just... It, uh, like in front of a bunch of people i know and it uh, i can imagine and what's weird is i actually for the little method actor in me decided to try and go for real emotion when i was doing a certain scene it was a scene when when spongebob's crying and scooter was like he made me a present and then i'm actually trying to get all emotional because i know scooter <laughs> sort of gets that feeling in his mind at the time and it, it just so like you were trying to like make yourself like force cry or something a little, like, kind of get the kind of emotion, like, I feel like a big jerk. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's actually a very sweet episode for Squidward, who, um, I don't, I can't, I don't want to speak for any of you guys, but for myself, over the decades of SpongeBob, I've become such, such a fan of Squidward that when he oh. gets these moments, oh. it's, it's the best ever. It, we, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, Even once you get older, real. you like relate to him a lot more than exactly. Oh, like, now, you once you get the Squidward like, understanding of life, of just making art, being unappreciated, having to just go to a, a dead end job, constantly being tired and being annoyed by others around you, you, you become a fan of Squidward. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's too relatable on these. It's a good lesson to teach. Like at first, I didn't think of like I feel like why is Squirt so mean when I was little? Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry for what I said about you. I didn't mean that. Like, yeah, actually, I'm actually you're like, you're like my per like my personality I never had before in my life. You know. Uh, now, in this episode, this is apparently the first time that anybody in Bikini Bottom has ever heard of the concept of Christmas, the concept of Santa Claus. Um, the decorating of trees and homes, uh, sending letters to Santa, and then expecting presents on Christmas Day. Um, but actually, a few episodes before this, including in season one, made references to Christmas, uh, including in Jellyfishing, when Patrick says Merry Christmas to Squidward, uh, Sandy's Rocket, SpongeBob wears a Santa hat to bed, Your Shoes Untied features a, a line mentioning a Christmas bow in the song. Um, do you possibly think that this story in Christmas Who just happened to have taken place before those episodes? Or do you just think, hey, everything's in order, uh, it just is what it is? I like to think that the episodes, due to their lack of continuity, have do not take place in the consecutive order they would linearly like, yeah. in, in narrative. Like, I if feel it like it just happened to happen. Yeah, I feel like if, if this show were written linear in, in like a more linear narrative, all the episodes would be reordered and everything. Like, it, I, one thing that occurs to me is that I like to believe, despite what all the fans will say, aside from me, is that the last, the first movie, the one, the one that we are currently remaking, 
is not the very end of the series. I like to think that that, that hasn't actually happened yet, like, because I just want a happy ending for all of the characters, even Plankton, because... So it's kind of like a little bias thing that tells me, you know what, the continuity errors are just a little way of saying there is so much more that is yet to be explained. I don't know if I'm getting that quite right, but yeah, I just really... I, I understand what you're I understand what you're trying to say. Um, no, I think I think there's something poetic about uh, for as hardcore as Plankton was, especially in the movie, that he gets the he gets the ending he ultimately deserves in the end there. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm sure maybe somewhere behind bars he finds some sort of happiness in himself. Maybe he learns to train clams. <laughs> kind of in, you he know. He just slip out of the iron bar and run away again. <laughs> yeah. okay, he does it. Okay, in the prison episode, he just runs away like nothing. Exactly. <laughs> I, love... I mean, I'm surprised the sea doesn't have like a prison just for the plankton species. <laughs> I, just like a little, like one day you're walking, like I tripped on a rock. Next thing you know, in the news, prison escapees of, all, of the entire plankton Alcatraz. <laughs> what I like to find funny is that obviously plankton would can walk through it, but he just doesn't. <laughs> I, you know, it would be funny if they had an episode where uh, the jail was the size of like a sandcastle, and there was just one guard for the whole like, jail. What the but then, plankton? <laughs> oh my god! But then, like on the inside, it's like a massive prison. Yeah, <laughs> like one of those ultimate, like bigger on the inside gags that you see in cartoons. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, the episode, where, like the episode Squidward, uh, Squidward and Clarinet Land, like where he puts like in the in the little what's it called? Just the locker. The it's safe. Like a whole, like, and it's like a whole. In the inside, it's like a whole humongous locker room of locks. <laughs> yeah. And it's like yeah, leads to a whole new world. Like oh, Clarinet Wonderland. <laughs> it was. Who wouldn't want to go there? Come on. I he must have been on something, I swear. I would so much oh my goodness, there there is so I'm much to be said about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, given the, uh, well, we also get the, the song, The Very First Christmas. Uh, I would say, in terms of Christmas songs for a cartoon, definitely my favorite that is that has been out there. Um, and one thing I just wanted to know is that the Mr. Krabs' falsetto voice at the end yes. uh, oh is done by yes. Dee Bradley Baker because Clancy Brown yeah. could not Can hit I... the high notes. <laughs> I, I, I really love that part. It's so you know, fun. at first, I really thought, was Clancy Brown doing that? Because I was kind of freaked out at first. Like, wait, yeah, Clancy yeah, doing yeah, I realized, oh, it was me. Oh, for years, I definitely thought the voice actor, I was like, wow, good for him. He hit those, he hit those notes high. I thought Clancy you know Brown did it. He had like a four four octave range or something like that because I couldn't utter, like, utter, <laughs> believe it. And I think that's like the only song that I actually feel like confident with with singing with my voice because, you know, like later on I'm gonna have to practice singing it and I feel like that's a I guess a good start to trying it. You know what I mean? Mm. Because his voice is so low tone half the time. Yeah, they don't do too many songs in the show. Um, as much as other shows did, like I felt like Fairly Odd yeah. Parents did did a lot oh, more music. They well, they had so Guy Moon, many. who was just so talented writing this stuff out. Man. What was that guy's mm. name? I think it was like Clark something, but like he like he made a song about Vicky or something. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, Vicky Chip Skylark. Chip Skylark. Oh, Chip Skylark. There you go. Why did I think Clark? Chip, Chip, Chip Skylark had like three or five. Three or four bangers on that on that show that were all fantastic. Johnny, Johnny P, <laughs> exactly. Icky Vicky. Hey Vicky, you're so icky. <laughs> v- I- C-K-Y. 
Um, what, now, I we've all recently probably rewatched this. I mean, Christmas was only at least you know three four months ago. Um, what are some likes about this episode that you guys just personally reach out to you? Moments, parts of it. What are some things you don't like? Is because this is the also part- the very first oh. double episode that we've ever had of SpongeBob. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I think this part brings it out the most. Woodward making others happy and him enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. Like, giving people's presents like as if he's Santa Claus. Yes, but like I think... I think that's the moment where he realized that I guess bringing others happiness in a sort of way just I guess is a really good feeling yourself. He or... even said it himself like that actually felt kind of good, you know. Yeah. Like, he just yeah. gave away his home. It was <laughs> awfully <laughs> sweet that even though he left himself Practically... with nothing. He was just <laughs> he had everything. <laughs> he gave us think... he gave his house away for free. I mean, he gave it away for a piece of paper once, so I don't think it takes much to get <laughs> yeah, everything out of Squidward. Exactly. <laughs> if you play your cards right, he'll get, he'll give anything. Mr. Paper. <laughs> uh, Ranked high that. on my list. <laughs> Definitely. I have to agree with that point about Squidward giving all that away. It was like, it was sort of like one of those Scrooge-type tales of the non-believing, cynical person who hates Christmas, mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't go for any of the. But I think it was just goes beyond the whole gift-giving concept. It was like he rediscovered humanity, like he rediscovered his faith in humanity or fish kind in this case. And it was so beautiful and moving to see that just not so many things about it, like Roger Bumpus's performance in that particular episode, just. Giving humanity to the octopus was, it, it still does me does me in emotionally. Yeah, it's uh, like I like I mentioned before, Squidward really doesn't get many of these beautiful moments in the show. But when they decide to to give him that focus and give him that moment to not be Squidward, uh, it usually works out. And I think it's genius for them not to overdo it because I really feel like we haven't seen that too much where they could, you know, still not get me. Like, uh, I wouldn't roll my eyes at a moment like that right now if they if they had it in a current episode when Squidward just wants to help out for the sake of, of helping. Yeah, it's like, over the years, I feel like they've kind of lost some of the humanity in certain ways, but I feel like they'll regain it eventually. I got faith. And there's always new writers coming in. There's always going to be, I mean, it's it's kind of... You know, like those revolving doors you you see in big cities. Um, there'll eventually be more writers to come around who will change the show back closer to the first three seasons. And then eventually that will go back to like the middle seat. Like as long as they keep SpongeBob on the air, it's always just going to go through phases. Exactly. exactly. You know, like that kind of, um, you know, due to the unfortunate death of Stephen Hubbard, which is a creator. It's just, uh, you know, it's so touching to see like, oh, it may not be the same as it was before, but. You know, the fact that they could continue doing this show, which is like, you know, just, um, you know, the way they like to keep doing it. They had the voice actors come in and do the voices. It's just like, it's just like, it just won't never go go away from us. It just won't, you know. Like, and I believe I'm seeing it still like running like in the way future to come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think any of these spinoffs are going to slow things down. I don't think, you know, any of these hurdles are really going to. He's such a popular character that I can't see Nickelodeon 
Um, I mean, look, The Simpsons has been around for over 30 years and just hit 700 episodes. I, I don't see SpongeBob not being able to achieve that as well at some point. Definitely. I definitely agree because, you know, um, back in the old days, you know, when, I, when we were all kids, you know, we used to love watching SpongeBob all the time. You know, we'd always uh, we always watch it on, you know, uh, DirecTV. And, you know, a lot of my friends also used to love watching SpongeBob. My mom always put it up for us and everything. You know, it's 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 just, you know, I wouldn't see SpongeBob stopping anytime soon. I still love to watch the old episodes, even though the new ones might not be as good as the old ones. It still it still holds a good place in my heart. I, I, I really and can't I, wait. I mean, the, with the point of the show, I really can't wait to get to some of the newer stuff that I've kind of passed over because I'm such like, a oh, you know, that, that old, the old stuff is so good. Mm -hmm. Um man, if I ever get to be lucky enough to be in the writer's room with SpongeBob and I get asked, like, hey, pitch an episode, man, am I just going to go back to basics? Hey, let's not leave Conch Street. Let's have SpongeBob <laughs> Patrick do something annoying and let's just annoy Squidward. Yes. yes. That is how it should be. Like, super simple. Take your time. Let's not rush to any anything. <laughs> yeah. Now, I got it. Th what were you saying? Oh, sorry. I just, I just wanted to mount up Spooky's point. The whole idea of SpongeBob's legacy having this lasting power. I think the reason it stays strong is because it's one of those few things that once you grow up, it didn't leave you. Like you, it's something you can that you'll keep with you forever, and and it'll still work on the newer generation of actual children who are kids now. And when they grow up, they'll be able to treasure it. It just has this lasting power. It's like evolving, you know, yeah. here and there. Yeah, and what's crazy is that all of this popularity is still sitting on top of those first three seasons in the movie. Exactly. It's and absolutely. Pretty much. Look, if like, you... a whole bunch of memes are just being made from like almost every single frame I know. <laughs> oh, it's oh, yeah. almost every meme has come from the old stuff, except for I think the the chicken SpongeBob. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is 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 a good. It's a good bit. It's really funny. It's it's something I've seen from a newer episode that made me laugh. Um, but what's funny is bringing up the Simpsons, if you talk to most fans, they'll tell you like, ah, oh, the quality dipped around season seven. SpongeBob didn't get to seven seasons of like that consistent quality. They made it half that if even, and it's still, everything is just focused on those, on those three seasons and movie. Or at least resting on top of it, the continuing popularity of SpongeBob. Yeah, I mean, it's, it feels rare that something that you would think would be so short-lived based on that quality decline, if you want to call it that, because it, it just, it's, I guess it's kind of strange to me that, but maybe it's something about what SpongeBob as a whole concept stands for. It's like this bright, optimistic, beautiful, cartoonish world of happy-go-lucky, lovable characters that it, that's part of, I think, what gave... It, or a bigger chance after people didn't like the episode as much. <laughs> well, I think that's exactly how you described it, along with some uh, dark, a little adult humor helps balance balance the whole thing out and actually what makes it so unique and popular. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, completely... that what were you saying? Oh, no, I was going to say I completely agree. Um. Alongside this, do we do we have any other like when you think of really good Christmas episodes of cartoons, guys, what other what other shows come to mind? What do you remember loving as a kid 
because uh, I think almost every cartoon gets, you know, it's one Christmas, Christmas. special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also, you know, as as a as a lover of SpongeBob, I used to, I grew up all ra- around all watching, like you know, Fairy Odd Parents. Fairy Odd Parents had a Christmas episode also, and um, uh, Drake and Josh, you know, was not a cartoon, but you know, it was still a kids show, and you know, they had their own, you know, Christmas movie, and you know, um, oh yeah, that was like that, that was such a weird one. They came back for. Uh... I think the show ended, and then like two years later, they came back to make a Christmas movie. Exactly, exactly. Huh. That's what it's so shocking to me. Like, oh, you, I thought you guys have just finished the show, and now you come with the Christmas banger. And you know, I love the movie. You know, <laughs> featuring guys... the acting debut of Kimbo Slice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember? Um, I wouldn't say it's in my top three, but it's definitely up there. But do you remember the very dark My Life as a Teenage Robot Christmas special? Um, sounds familiar. very familiar. Sounds very yeah, familiar sounds to very me. Familiar. Oh, my goodness. Huh. Um, just to summarize, because you, do you guys at least know of the cartoon? Yep. Yes. Uh, yes. A, a evil child... Oh. Um, who pretends to be like incredibly poor and not having a good life, wishes that he had Jenny for a day for Christmas. And while he has her, reworks her entire, like her, you know, microchip or whatever, something happens to her where she gets knocked out and she wakes up a year later and realizes that everybody hates her because she's just been, she was programmed to destroy every holiday for the entire year. And she now has to put back together Christmas. It is absolutely, it's like one of the darkest children's Christmas shows I've ever watched. And it's great. I recommend it. I'll definitely get to that. It sounds, I'm, I'm curious now to, to see that now. Cause, oh. See, I'm shocked. No. I thought I thought that was making its rounds. No, that kind of, like, you know, that kind of reminds me of the Fairy Odd Parent special, you know, where uh, Timmy Turner, he's like, oh, I don't want Christmas to end, you know. And oh, he wishes it, it, it every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. every day. And it kind of puts the idea together because, you know, all the, like, as you said in, in the, and sure, like, she has to put all Christmas together. You know, Timmy Turner has put Christmas every day that to eventually all the holidays came to try to, like, you know, I guess, like, get him, like, have him arrested or in prison or something like that. So he has to fix it. <laughs> he has to, you know, balance all the, all the holidays to make sure they don't hate him. Which, I mean, we also get the debut of the April Fool in that episode, which today oh. is April Fool's Day. Oh, yes. We have to honor oh, him. Yes. Oh, April yeah. Fools, we're not going to release. I'm kidding. Out of all the holidays, though, um, SpongeBob, has, I think, has touched pretty much every single real major holiday. Although, I don't know if there's ever really been an Easter episode, has there? I don't, don't believe so. There has been an Easter book. So. There is an Easter book, definitely. Yeah. Uh, do we do we have a favorite when it comes to SpongeBob holiday episodes? Christmas. Christmas. For is it me specifically is... this one, or are we going with another Christmas episode? Well, basically just Christmas in general, like the stop motion animation. I like that one as well. Oh, oh is it's, it's a SpongeBob Christmas? Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly like that one a lot as well. It's really cool. I definitely like the Christmas uh, Christmas Who episode because like it was um the plot was a little odd for me in a way but I, I've watched it so many times as a kid I could never forget it now. You no, know, I never uh, watched any of the new SpongeBob episodes, 
um, you know, but just this one always just always caught my attention because like, you know, we, we watch it as a kid. We're like, oh, we already know what's going to happen, but we still want to watch it because we're intrigued by it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's something very sweet about the episode that I, I just was thinking about that just because of Sandy's knowledge of Christmas and she teaches SpongeBob, it, it's really sweet that the entire town kind of gets into this Christmas spirit seemingly out of nowhere. Um, like imagine somebody coming into a room or into your town and just telling you about this holiday you've never heard of in the entire town, just going, okay, let's all do it. Honestly, that is such a wholesome observation. I never thought of. That's basically like that moment where SpongeBob, I guess, made up a holiday with a whole bunch of grease around the town. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh I remember. Yeah, my uh, my favorite shot in this entire episode is is during the song when everybody is coming together on, at the tree, like just having all these characters celebrating this holiday. And if you sit back and think about it, it's like they just learned about this, I think, earlier this morning, or I think right. a few days at least. That is, I mean, it's kind of like teaches you to like. I would hope teaches you to, uh, I guess be more like be accepting of people's other traditions and stuff. Cause like, I can't think of many places I would go to where I would introduce some things. Like if you would introduce something from a vastly different culture and then they would immediately be accepting of it. Hey guys, let's celebrate Christmas. Okay. We're in, you know? Yeah. Like, that That's actually really cool. Yeah. Chris, Christmas itself has, has been adopted kind of like every, every country kind of around that December time is doing something, even if it's not Christmas itself. Yeah, like, you know, like decorating their houses, putting up Christmas trees, you know, just getting to the spirit, you know. <laughs> Although, so do you know the absolute bonkers, at least to us, but do you know the bonkers Christmas tradition in Japan? Uh, no. The, <laughs> the company KFC <laughs> has successfully, in Japan, made it a Christmas tradition to go to KFC to, to feed your family for Christmas. Like, oh, wow. Like, as far as I know, the comp like the companies, most of their money, their profit comes from this time in December when literally there are lines out the door of people coming in to get these Christmas buckets. Oh, my goodness. Like, they dress up the Colonel Sanders in the front as Santa, and it's like a it's it's a big deal. You have to look at this up. It's crazy. They'd be making a lot of money that day. Yeah, oh, they definitely can't imagine. <laughs> I would, I would just go. I would just go to look at Colonel Sanders, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't imagine just being like, oh, "It's Christmas. Where is my KFC?" Well, I'm gonna go buy chicken for Christmas, guys. I'll be back in a bit. <laughs> is it weird that I had KFC for dinner earlier today? Yes, today. That's an April Fool's joke. There's no way. No, That's I'm crazy. You better <laughs> say, I'm bad at April Fool's jokes. This is no you better say, you better say April Fool's right now, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> that is and eerie. That is eerie. He's really Sanders. <laughs> I know. Colonel Sanders will be upset with you. Um, you know, not to, uh, we are a couple of months away. We are eventually going to be debuting the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated this November. How have you guys felt about the project, um, like, in its current state thus far? Are we excited? Are we a little worried? Uh, what's going through everyone's nervous. heads? I am nervous combined with really pumped and ready. <laughs> Double, did you start recording your lines yet by chance? Is this? Uh, not yet. Okay. Well, right now, right now they're getting the minor voice actors out of the way so that they have more time to deal with the bigger voices. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, I think we're starting around this month, I believe is what they said, after they get all the Minders voice actors done. Yeah, it is. It, 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 I wouldn't say, no, no, definitely not hectic. People, they, what I love is that the crew and the cast have been in, so incredibly organized, handling this like professionals as well they should because this is a very ambitious, large-scale project, and I'm incredibly proud of the crew. And I think that's part of why I'm not entirely nervous. The only nerves that are befalling me are on my own potential performance, whether it be disastrous and people comment saying, is this Squidward or is this some guy with a thing up his nose? Or, or I could, I, I just <laughs> yeah, make... I'm honestly nervous about that. Like, this guy sounds more like this character, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but you I, guys, you guys have nothing to worry about. I've heard, I've heard both of your voices, and and no, your 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 own your your own take on the character, which is is the sweet thing about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, good, but yeah. but you both sound incredibly close. I will give you that. Thanks. Thank you yes. so much. Yeah. So like, yeah, like recently I started practicing again after what I've been having with my throat for two months, like where I. I think I, like, damaged it and, like, horsed it, so I had to take a break. So, like, now I'm coming back and having to practice for the session. Mm -hmm. Oh, completely and you know, like, um, You know, it's like uh, I said before, I was, you know, I recently was the role for Mr. Krabs, but, you know, due to the little uh, small mistake or consensus, I was kicked. Um, but, you know, at the time when I was Mr. Krabs, I would say that it was a lot of fun to do, to, to do table reads with them. And, you know... Um, and when they released uh, their uh, trailer, you know, there, someone told me in the comments that, oh, you could, you could tell the strain on his throat when he does Mr. Krabs. And, you know, I totally agree with that because, you know, Mr. Krabs is always just super raspy. You know, Clancy Brown has this really deep voice that it's really hard to, you know, replicate, you know. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm really, I'm like I said, even though I am not the current role for Mr. Krabs anymore, um, I still have a lot of faith in my two, my two buddies over here. I, I think they're going to kill it when it comes to them. <laughs> if they got it, you know. You're gonna um, kill yeah, it, it with your squire, Spooky. Don't buy <laughs> yeah. squires. I guess it's gonna be. Don't, don't forget the squire, man. Everybody's important. <laughs> yeah, everyone here is important. Think, yeah. think about this. Uh, when when you're looking at a puzzle, if there's one piece missing, it's noticeable. So every piece, every piece matters. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's gonna be swinging his trident into that thin air. Especially <laughs> with, especially with these Spongebob characters, like it's gotta be like full on, like every line. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, it, but, and you know, uh, well, at the time I was Mr. Krabs, a lot of people admired my Mr. Krabs. They thought I was really good at it, which, you know, like, it's, it's always a thing where, like, you know what? I don't think my, my voice sounds good. You know, I feel like it could be better. But, you know, I still had, uh, I still appreciated how a lot of people I did appreciate how my Mr. Krabs was good to them. You know, like I said, I did a lot of table reads with the guys, and, you know, we did have a lot of fun saying a lot of silly things as the voices. Yes. And, you know, it's uh, uh, and those moments will always continue. Whole... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of it. starting up a whole meme in the server at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if we can get into that, but that's perfect. It was, it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Um, I just wanted to say, call me sappy and whatnot, but uh, this is uh, something that I will treasure forever. The fact is, since we've come to know each other, the three of us, we have, through thick and thin, been by each other's sides and so that's how i know that regardless of anything that has went down or could go down in the future regarding this project i think the that these two will all double will always be the spongebob and patrick to my squidward and spooky will be the crabs to my squidward and, and just in general they will be 
I, they will be. I will treasure them forever. Hey, man, that's Aww. that's what the Christmas season is all about. Hey, thank oh, you, you just got it right there. <laughs> no, we, we got to sneak in with Mr. Krabs. That was, and it was good. Hi, Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Oh, SpongeBob. <laughs> ah, Christmas. <laughs> Devil, I'll, I'm just going to forever yeah. anytime we're going to Oh, my God, I love it. Oh yeah! Oh, it's the he best. Does, he does that. It's, it's so funny. When it's he does so. That. Oh my goodness! It's. I don't know. It's, it's so, so. I have no idea why that just tickles me so much every time I hear it. It makes me guys, laugh. Yeah. We tell him, hey, "We yeah. got to practice that line," and he's like, "You know what? I'll practice it." Yeah. And he's yeah. Like, and then, you know, <laughs> One day, I guess I just did it, and like everyone liked it, so I started practicing it, and now I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> I, that needs to be. Somebody needs to say that that has to be the last note of the movie like right at the end of the credits or either right at the end of the after credits part there just has to be the yeah like right right as it ends there have been crazier suggestions i am willing to put this in the suggestion box (laughs) the the overflowed suggestion box here we go post-it note let's put it in our imaginary box (laughs) (laughs) oh man um i i i think like this is this is just an absolutely wonderful episode. If you're ever if you're ever during uh what you know with Christmas, but that's crazy. If you're ever hanging out with family during Christmas time, I think this is an absolute wonderful episode to put on. Uh, out of out of the slew of television Christmas specials, Christmas Who definitely sits closer to the top than it does at the bottom. Um, so I, I thank you guys for hanging out with me today and, and talking about Christmas Who and a bunch of your experiences. Um, each of you, if you want to plug whatever you'd like, social media, um, a YouTube channel, a Pinterest, anything, go. Google Plus. <laughs> I'm going to it. My, MySpace, Tinder, whatever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had a MySpace with SpongeBob on it. <laughs> you guys have no idea. Like, I well, ha- wait. Did anyone else here have a MySpace channel? I did. I did, and my brother did also. Oh my goodness! Going to the code of it and like trying to add different widgets and stuff. It was just absolutely crazy. I don't know if you did any mod- of that. Just to modify one thing would take like forever, and it was our like we had a really slow internet too, so it would take forever to update. Like I, did, I could have totally updated this, and you know it wasn't updated. You could literally like, yeah, the the whole updating, like you could go into the code basically of your page and mess around with anything. So if you had somebody who was somewhat creative and could go to sites that you could copy and paste code for different backgrounds and to change the style of stuff, you, you could have a very impressive MySpace page. And then Facebook came along and took it all away. Oh, Facebook. That's been, that's been a long as I can remember also. Uh, So, yeah, anybody plugging anything? uh, If I may. uh, Yes. Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. All right. All right. So you can find me on YouTube as DoubleTime32. My Instagram is DoubleTime32. And uh, Snapchat's going to be hard. But (laughs) it's KingJacob023. All the O's are zeros. And they're all lowercase. No spaces. Perfect. Nice. And, uh... As for me, um, I will plug my YouTube, which is the Gons Fam, one word. I don't think capitals matter in this case. And my TikTok, the Gons Fam YT, as in YouTube, I'll, no spaces or anything. 
for me, um, I'll go ahead and plug in my YouTube, which is uh, also my, uh, which is Spooky Galore, capital S, capital G. Um, post nothing but, you know, voice impressions, stuff like that, so I hope it entertains you, you guys. And um, I do have a TikTok also, but I have a different username because I usually use it as a personal account, but I do it for voices also. So you guys want to follow me, it's Derek Voices with three S's at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Any of the uh, any of the uh, plugs that were just said will be in the podcast description, so you can check there if you would like to check my buddies here out. But I, I do want to thank uh, the Gons fam, Double Time, Spooky. Thank you for all coming back onto the show, Spooky. Thank you for joining us this first time. Hopefully, we get you on another episode in the future, and you can I can talk a little bit one on one. And I just want to thank all you guys for coming on tonight, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Fool's Day. <laughs> I kid. Merry Christmas. And it was an honor. Merry, Merry, fool, Merry Fool's Miss. Fool's <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you having me. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Who wants to try their uh, Mr. Krabs falsetto? <laughs> okay. Uh. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.